0: You're listening to The Buzz with ActIAC, where we explore the intersection of government and technology. Do you have an innovative solution to improve services to citizens at government operations? Are you experimenting with how to apply emerging technologies to support future government needs? If so, you should enter a nomination for act 2024 Emerging Technology and Innovation Awards. Nominations are open now and are accepted through March 8th, and winners will be recognized at our Emerging Tech and Innovation Conference in May. Nominating your project is quick, easy, and free. Check the episode notes for more information.
1: Okay. So, hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Susie Rainey. I am the Managing Director for Diplomacy and Exploration at Accenture, and it is my pleasure today to be here with Mike Darius, the Deputy Assistant Secretary within the Bureau of Administration and the Senior Pro- Procurement Executive for the Department of State. Um, Mike asked me to keep his intro brief, but it's a little its a little hard with all of his accolades, so I'm going to do my best, Mike. Um, so, Mike is a recognized leader in the field of government acquisition with more than 25 years of federal, military, and private sector experience. Mike currently serves as a senior procurement executive for the Department of State. In this capacity, he is responsible for planning, coordinating, directing, and evaluating all global procurement operations for the department, as well as procurement grants and cooperative agreements, which constitute a broad and complex support mechanism for state. Prior to joining state, Mike served as the senior procurement executive and head of contracting activity for the United States Coast Guard, where he was responsible for all contracting functions including functional responsibility for over 500 civilian and military personnel throughout the U.S. and abroad. Please join me in welcoming Mike Darius. So, Mike, thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk with you about AI and its impact on acquisitions. Um, so I'm going to start with kind of a broad question, and then as we go, we'll kind of get a little bit more focused. But State recently published uh, its enterprise data strategy and its enterprise AI strategy. So maybe you can talk a couple minutes about how is State approaching AI overall?
2: Yeah. So yeah, we're excited about the uh, the strat plan, um, and it is really twofold. It is it is AI and it is and it's data. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, so I guess to start, I'd just say we're embracing it. Uh, we're all in on this. I mean, it's it's here, right? There's no doubt about it. Um, and so, we're thinking about how do we uh, empower diplomacy through AI? Uh, smartly, responsibly. So, I'd say, uh, you know, building and scaling. Uh, this thing sounds like it's so loud. Is this okay? Should I move it? Um, building and scaling uh, AI through uh, commercially available, open source, and, and custom solutions. Taking security into consideration, that is a top priority for us. Um, We're thinking about leveraging our network so that we're ready for AI. So thinking about like the computational uh, demand as it relates to AI development. We've got to be ready for that. We've got to get our our networks uh, prepared. So we're thinking about uh, leveraging the infrastructure in smarter ways. Um, Definitely thinking about governance. That's going to be key to the whole thing. Uh, I I heard a little bit of conversation at the end of the last panel about that, and that's top of mind for us. Uh, so putting in place smart governance to make sure that we know, uh, what is being procured and that it's something that should, should plug in, uh, to, to our, um, to our systems. Um, we don't want the same challenges that we've had around shadow IT, right? We don't want that in things, small things like AI plugins, right? Much less the big stuff. Um, So we're thinking about how do we put smart process and policy in place Um, and then data. Uh, So I think we all know that uh, AI tech is only gonna be as good as the data that goes into it. Uh, So we've gotta think about how do we sanitize and clean our data. Uh, And then most importantly, how do we remove barriers uh, so that we can get, uh, you know, companies access to AI ready data? And it's not easy. You know, Um, we we've got challenges in that space, just like I think any agency does. Um, But we've got to be thinking about how do we how do we move those big rocks out of the way so that we can get you the access? Because, again, data is is uh, key to the whole thing. If we can't get you clean data right? Or, or give you the ability to uh, help us uh, develop new data in some cases, right? Um, yeah. That's, so I, I think in general, um, that's kind of where we're at in terms of our thinking. Uh, our chief data officer, Matt Gravis, has been just encouraging the department writ large to, to jump in, right? Um, we want to do it smartly, uh, but get going. And so they're, they're doing data campaigns, uh, and 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 exploring exploring some tech already. Um, one of my counterparts in the uh, the Bureau of Administration has already used some AI to uh, in, in the global information uh, system space to try to reduce some cycle times on document production, uh, classification work. So yeah, we're 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 there.
1: Yep, awesome. Well, given that kind of jump in mindset, how are you thinking about this specifically within acquisitions, and where do you see AI bringing the biggest benefit within the acquisition life cycle?
2: Yeah, great question. So, across the board, right, I think there's value. Uh, I I see opportunities in uh, uh, pre-solicitation as well as pre-award, also post-award. I think there's opportunities. I think that, uh, so you probably saw we did a, an RFI a couple months ago. Um, that, that was based out of our IRM organization. We we, uh, we got involved in that as well because we obviously have equities in terms of how our, our programs want to define requirements. But uh, they put an RFI out to uh, explore uh, some white paper solutions around, hey, is there is it possible to use AI uh, to develop requirements? Um, I'm not sure where they're at in their evaluation cycle there, uh, but I think that's a righteous effort. I think we should be thinking about that. Now, there's pros and cons to that, right? Obviously. Um, r- r- going back to what I said earlier, smart and responsible use of AI. Um, but I-, I think whether it's that or, I mean, I've got some grandiose ideas, you know?
1: Let's hear them.
2: Yeah. So give me a bot that can uh, uh, speak to chat with the FAR and the DOSAR. Right in our case, the DoSAR is the um, uh, the Department of State acquisition uh, regulation. I want a contract specialist to be able to speak the chat and find uh, clauses or ter- you know terms and conditions uh, FAR language like at the ready. Right, um, give me a give me a bot that can. And I think there's I think companies are already kind of developing some of these things. But give me a bot that can uh, help us with proposal compliance so that we don't tell you. Uh, you know, six weeks later, oops, actually, we can't evaluate your proposal, you know, because you, you missed X, Y, and Z. Uh, the, the beauty of, of AI tech is that, you know, hey, humans, you know, the human eye doesn't catch everything, right? Um, so whether it's that, you know, helping us in terms of proposal compliance or uh, negotiation tools, Right. I'd love to I'd love to be able to feed a bot to help us prepare negotiation positions so that we can get in the room with all of you and uh, get the best deal for the taxpayer's dollar. Um, I th- there's a variety of, of uh, opportunities, I think, in terms of just r- expediting RFP development, um, uh, thinking smartly about how we we could uh, set up compliance. Uh, So, you know, could we could we develop uh, quality assurance surveillance plans uh, through the use of um, uh, an optical uh, character resolution tool that helps us to pull the right elements from the statement of work that and and marry that up with deliverables and so forth so that we we are arming our cores with the right information, the right tools to actually do good surveillance. I I could go on and on. There's this. This is a ripe opportunity for uh, acquisition.
1: Okay, I didn't tell you this question before, but based on what you just said, so hopefully I'm not catching you off guard. Um, So, does it does it scare you or excite you to think about a world where companies are using AI to respond to proposals and you're using AI to evaluate them? What kind of? So, and sorry for the. No, 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 no.
2: Great, great question. Um, I'm not going to say it scares me. Um, I'm going to look at it glass half full and as an opportunity, Uh, but we have to be mindful. We've got to be mindful. So, you know, AI should never take the place of the human, right? There, there's, in my opinion, two two very key things that AI can't do. That's provide perspective and provide intuition that a contract specialist has developed and honed over the entirety of a career, right? Um, AI can't do that for us just yet. Right, um, I think we need to think about that uh, and as it relates to using AI in, in, in that space, anything that we develop I think is going to have to be on a government network. All right. So you heard me say earlier, hey, we're, we're interested in um, open source, commercially available, um, custom. I, I think if we're gonna if we're gonna use AI and the acquisition space, because we need to protect proprietary information, right? You care about that. Um, we care about that. I think we're gonna have to use stuff that we develop in house with uh, with our, our industry partners, uh, run on a government network in a, in a government cloud.
1: Yeah, absolutely, um, Mike. I've heard you talk previously about some of your goals related to increasing the size of the state acquisitions workforce in order to keep up with the increased customer demand. State processes, I think, over eleven billion dollars of procurements annually. So, you have a ton of workload. How do you see AI helping you in terms of assisting your acquisition workforce?
2: Yeah, some, some of what I was some, some of the examples. Yeah, some of what I was just talking about. I mean, I I, I think. I want to see AI uh, automate as much of the rote process as possible so that I'm freeing up contracting officers and specialists to do the knowledge work. Um, I I want them partnering with the the customers on developing the requirements. It all starts with requirements, uh, nailing that, um, and then developing good acquisition strategies. And then the rest should follow, right, in terms of uh, getting a successful procurement outcome. Um, so that's where I want my COs, uh, you know, really doing that knowledge work with their customers, doing the knowledge work with, uh, with their, uh, their, their industry counterparts as well. Um, so if I can, if I can automate some of the rote stuff that goes into, uh, document preparation to the maximum extent, that's what I want to do. Um, yeah, so it's, it's those types of things, you know, uh, I think we should, uh, start small. You know, get get a couple of wins, test it out, and then maybe move to the more complex stuff like, you know, requirements generation or, uh, dare I say it, you know, maybe at some point, you know, proposal evaluation. Don't hold me to that. Um,
1: Off the record. <laughs> um, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about working with IRM on an RFI uh, related to AI. Have you had other Bureau customers come to you to talk about procuring AI tools and services and kind of how are you helping them think through... What considerations?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, so, we're, we're actually uh, a part of a, a big enterprise working group at State that's run out of, again, Matt Gravis's shop. Um, I was actually just talking to them this morning about, uh, you know, we, we really fit into a couple of key objectives in that, uh, in the STRAT plan. Uh, but we're going to be focusing on helping them to develop process and policy and really contributing to the governance model as well. So, uh, we have to establish some guardrails. Uh, we have to, uh, help the, the program offices help themselves. We don't want them going out and, uh, trying to procure something that just frankly is not, it's, it's, a non-starter, right? Um, we, we want, it's, it's a balancing act. You want to lean forward. Um, we want folks to get creative in terms of thinking about how to apply AI for their mission sets, but we, we, we do have to take things like bias and the algorithms into consideration, right? So almost like supply chain, you know, where'd that algorithm come from? You know, let's talk about that. Um, how was that? How was that algorithm developed? You know, um, who who went into developing? You know, who who contributed to developing the algorithm? Talk to us about your heuristic model. You know, um, or whatever neural network you're using uh, to develop your your algorithm. So we, we we need to be steering our customers to the right subject matter experts internally uh, to think about their requirements before they come into us. And then we're just kind of buying stuff unknowingly that we shouldn't be buying. Yeah.
1: And are you seeing, um, from your bureau customers, are you seeing a lot of appetite and interest for this? Are you seeing some trepidation? How are, how are other bureaus looking at this?
2: I, yeah. So uh, like I mentioned, I, I do know that, uh, there's been a couple of very smart applications and I know that they're running data campaigns. Uh, it's hard to say, to be honest with you, um, uh, whether or not we're seeing a huge uptick in the purchase of AI, because there's really no product service code it for a- it. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. It's like, so we're, we're trying to figure out from a spin analytics perspective, uh, have we procured AI, you know, right. um, that's, that's something I think, you know, some, some higher powers need to be thinking about to help us out.
1: Yep. That makes sense. We've heard, uh, a couple of folks earlier today, talk about just how rapidly some of these AI tools and technologies are advancing. I think somebody said, tenfold in the past year and a quarter or something. Um, so given that, um, are you taking it all into consideration um, how you're procuring? So given that we expect this technology to change so quickly, oftentimes there's been you know 10-year contracts that are expected to do something. Are you thinking at all about adjusting different pieces of the procurement to account for how rapidly things are changing?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, here are my thoughts on that. Uh, I, I really think that modular contracting is the way to go in this space. Uh, it helps us to segment risk. Uh, so let's let's do uh, successive um, I- iterations of uh, of technology development uh, when we're trying to launch an AI system. Uh, do an increment, learn, test it out. Uh, and then we move on, and then we mature that. Um, you're, just, you're segmenting your risk that way. Uh, I think that that's a smart way of doing it. And then i just offer outside of that in terms of just a, an approach, um, we're gonna have to think uh, uniquely about scope. So uh, we obviously wanna maximize competition. Every government agency does. Um, but tech is changing so fast. Uh, and, and in this space, I think it's just going to be tenfold, right? Uh, we we can't lock ourselves into vehicles that are going to, you know, prevent us from being able to innovate within the contract itself. So I'm not suggesting that we have scopes that are so broad you you drive a truck through. Um, Because we know we don't have any of those in the government, right? Uh, (laughs) But I I think that we're going to have to figure out smart ways of scoping our vehicles so that we've got latitude, and that you know, as we're as we're looking to you know, iterate, we're not bound with well, hey, that scope really says you can't do that under this vehicle. We're we're going to have to really uh, reimagine you know scope so that uh we're not just constantly locked into i I can't move forward uh you know because i'm going to have to you know go through a whole nother competition how can we scope the vehicle so that maximizing competition in a particular area but it's giving us the flexibility uh to 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 learn uh with our industry partners and our customers
1: Yep, and adapt as you go. Um, We talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but um, for those of us on the industry side who are increasingly considering and using AI to respond to uh, procurements that are out on the street, what is your your take on that? And any words of advice or caution for those of us in industry as we think about how to approach this and responding?
2: Yeah, I think um, tread lightly. It's kind of like what I said earlier about you know perspective and intuition, right? Um, same thing applies to your your proposal teams, right? Um, I, I think AI should be an enabler to the human. It shouldn't take the human completely out of the loop. Um, your your proposal teams are going to bring years and years of experience in many cases to the table. Um, so figure out a smart way of applying it. So that again, same, same with us, like use it to automate your processes, right. As you move through your pink teams, red teams and all that. Um, but don't rely on it solely to think for you. Um, you, you need your folks to be in the room. Um, a, a win theme that has been generated by chat GPT is not going to win the day. Right. We, we need your folks uh, to bring, uh, I don't know the, the personal aspect of it, right, and that's just not something that you're going to get from the tech.
1: And the understanding of the mission, the specific mission, right, yeah. outside of just a generic approach. Um, we heard uh, someone earlier; I think it was Carla from NASA talk about how um, you know they're looking forward to maybe having generative AI shorten response timelines, shorten evaluation, maybe have less of a focus on a written response and more on orals. I'm just curious if you all have thought through any of that or are on. Maybe on the on the brink of starting to think through some of that.
2: H- haven't thought about that again? specifically. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's there's something to, to that. Point about Absolutely. It more personal,
1: right? Yeah,
2: there's definitely something to that. Um, I'll tell you a- another thing, if I may, um, in terms of just like a use case that uh, is is top of mind for me. Um, so so we're going to be reorganizing the procurement line of business at the State Department around categories of spend. Uh, so we, we have really four key uh, areas. Um, our diplomatic security portfolio is very, very unique. Um, our, our OBO portfolio buildings, uh, uh so construction of architect and engineering and construction work on, uh, embassies and consulates, very unique world of work. Um, uh, we're going to create a group that is focused solely on three things that I think you'll, you'll care about it procurement, um, cyber and AI so we're going to have an entire group with branches that are dedicated to that meaning right now if you're a state department customer you kind of get service from my group all over the map we need to consolidate that so that i can help the cio get her arms around the it spend and it helps me in the in the next area where i want to go and talk about which is category management like how do we aggregate the demand no kidding how do we aggregate the demand? Um, I love the fact that we have the BICs. Uh, we use those, the best-in-class vehicles, um, but that is not the panacea for category management. Uh, we actually, where the rubber really hits the road and where we really and truly save money is when we, when I can go to 10 customers that in real time have, have a need and a procurement action that, that's either coming like in the next you know couple of months or, or weeks and be able to say, hey, so let's talk about that. You know, is there an opportunity to smartly, you know, aggregate that demand uh, and, and approach industry uh, in a means where we can leverage our buying power, right? Um, so that's I, I would love to uh, to see some tools that allow us to do that in real time. We we at state. Um, oh, I, did, I forgot the last area of uh, professional services is the last area. No shock to everyone. We buy a lot of that, right? Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see uh, some tech that could help me not just do the retroactive spin analytics because I, I think every agency has some, some capability in that space is trying to do that. It's how can you employ some tech in your, in your systems that allow you to get the real-time visibility into your spend. That's hard to do. Um, develop it and then come talk to me because I'd be very interested.
1: <laughs> um, okay, I think we're... Do we have time for maybe one one more question? One more question. Okay, um, so I'll, I'll make it kind of a two parter. You've touched on a little bit about this, but um, in terms of thinking about AI and acquisitions, what do you see as the greatest risk? And then what do you, like what makes you most excited? I think you've talked about the excited part a little bit. But.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am. I, I'm super excited. Uh, we we want to we want to experiment in this space for sure. Risk, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Proposal uh, or a protest risk is probably uh, front front and center in my mind, right? If we start employing uh, again smart, responsible use of uh, of AI in the acquisition space, I think it's going to be applauded. You're going to love it until you don't, right? <laughs> until it's woo. Wait a minute, uh, we didn't win that deal. Did you use AI to evaluate us? You know. Uh, and then the other side of that coin is going to be, Hey, they used AI to evaluate us and it expedited the process. And man, we got that award out in two months, right? (laughs) striking that balance, uh, is going to be very important for us. So again, I I think to mitigate that risk, because, you know, if, if AI is used inappropriately, um, yeah, I do see, I do see risk to the integrity of the procurement process. Um, so we have to think very, very smartly about how we're going to employ it again, small, low risk things like proposal compliance. That's, that is a, you know, Hey, look, I used OCR and I know for a fact that you didn't give me these two things and I can, I can demonstrate that to you. Right. Right. And there's not a whole lot of controversy about something like that. Let's do some things like that and kind of start to slowly integrate AI into the acquisition space because we have to be very careful. We're touching a lot of taxpayer money. We have to do the right thing by it. We owe it to you uh, and we owe it to those other stakeholders.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, please, everybody, help me thank Mike for his time here today.
0: That's all for this week on The Buzz with act Be sure to follow us on your podcast platform of choice to never miss an episode. To stay informed on all things act follow us on LinkedIn and sign up for our daily newsflash at actiac.org. act ACT-IAC is a non-profit, nonpartisan organization dedicated to advancing government through the effective and innovative application of technology. You can support The Buzz and other act programming by becoming an act member Members get exclusive access to communities of interest, professional development programs, in-person events, and more. Membership is open to all for-profit and non-profit organizations that share the ACTIAC vision and is free for all government employees. Learn more at actiac.org join. You can also make a tax-deductible donation at any time by visiting actiac.org donate. Thanks for listening.